0: So let's, let's just pray together now to, uh, to that amazing, wonderful God. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can again come before you in prayer. Father, it's a wonderful thing that we have direct access to you, thanks to the work of your Son, Jesus, on the cross, who died so that we might be restored to you. Lord, may you make the incredible, this just incredible truth fresh to us again. May we be humbled and marvel that the God of the universe, the creator of all that that new James Webb telescope can see and more, humbled himself to come to earth and to die so that we might call you Father. In Psalm 19, Father, we read that the heavens declare the glory of God The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words reach to the ends of the world. Inspire us afresh, Lord, by your creation and revelation, the wonderful work of your hands that surround us and that we so readily take for granted. It's easy, Father, to look at the strife and pain in the world and be discouraged, but help us, Lord, to look past that to a God who cared enough to send his Son, even though we may not understand what's going on, Father, you do, and we pray that you would be with us as we seek you. Lord, we want to give thanks for holidays, a chance for a break for many of us with families that we've had for the last few weeks. We give thanks for successful surgery this week, for healing and restoration, even as we also pray for those who are still sick and suffering. Lord, help us to be present with those who weep as well as with those who sing for joy as you are present with us. Father, we bring the leadership of the Christian Family Centre Churches before you. We pray for wisdom for Pastor Bill and the rest of the team as they seek your will for the wider CFC churches. For our own church, we pray your blessing on our leadership team, those who have responsibility to shepherd and lead us. We especially pray for Sam and Joe, Father, that you would continue to meet all their needs as they seek to serve us. Bless them with wisdom, courage, faith and persistence to trust in you and make their way straight as they lead us. Finally, Father, we pray your blessing on Sam as he comes to share the word with us today. Lord, may you speak to each of us through him. May your Holy Spirit work in each of our hearts through his words. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, brother.
1: Morning, everyone. It's great to see you all, lovely faces, smiling faces, uh, I want to add my welcome to that of Wayne's, particularly if you're new, uh, trust that you uh, sense God with us and the joy it is to be together as, as a family, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you are online, particularly uh, watching, as I know many of you are on holidays uh, with the school holidays, taking advantage of that, just want to say thank you and welcome to you guys as well. And before I start, I also just want to say huge thank you to those who stepped up last week. Uh, I've still got a <clears throat> bit of a croak in my throat, and last week I've been struggling with a bit of a cough, and to uh, Mike Russell, I know you're going to be watching online, thank you for stepping up last week. And Willie, is Willie still here? Willie, Willie beautiful Willie, stepped up for the prayer night on Thursday night, and she's had surgery and she's in pain, but she's here. And she's wanting to serve and and bless others. So, Willie, we just pray a blessing over you and healing uh, in Jesus' name as you want to minister and use your gifts amongst the body. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. So before we get into the word this morning, I actually just wanted to remind ourselves about our vision for this year. Our vision for this year is making a difference. We really feel called to be making a difference in our church in the world and individually, in our lives. We want to be spending time this year doing things, uh, spending time with the Lord, making a difference uh, in our personal lives. And it's the middle of the year. When did that happen? And I just want to ask and have a bit of assessment. How are we going? How are we going with making a difference? It's It's a question that might cause a bit of, whoa, I don't know, how am I going? Am I making a difference? How, how is life going? Uh, how am I serving? How am I stepping up? What How am I responding to what God is doing uh, in our midst? So making a difference, really called to uh, go deeper into the things of God personally so that we'd be equipped uh, to bless and, and minister in the life of the church that would be using our gifts and that the church would flourish and grow and be a beacon of light in the community uh, beyond. That is our vision for this year and it's good to reflect on how we're going. And that is why we chose uh, this series on the acts of the Holy Spirit because I think here is a great picture a great story of how a group of people made a difference, how being empowered by the Spirit the spirit made a difference in their own personal lives to be able to minister and, and exercise those gifts in that early church. And then that church just exploded in influence and the spread of the gospel as it went out, just as Jesus promised that it would do. And so that's why... Uh, we want to we get into this word. We want to allow the word of God to do its impacting in our lives. I was thinking about this and Luke wrote Acts and Luke wrote the, the gospel as well. And at the end of his gospel, he talks about these, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus and they meet the risen Jesus. And they go back and they tell the disciples that had met him And their response in their their, their talking to these these disciples was amazing. They said, Weren't our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures? Weren't our hearts burning within us? Do our hearts burn within us as we open the Scriptures, as we look at his word and as we say, Lord, speak to me. May your word do its work. Because the Apostle Paul reminded Timothy that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture, the the bits that we like and even perhaps the bits that we're uncomfortable with, which I'll be honest with, this morning's passage I was a bit uncomfortable with. But all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. Well, we like that, don't we? We like to be taught by the Word of God. That's, That's nice. Rebuking. Correcting. Are we allowing the Word of God to perhaps challenge us, to challenge our thinking, our theology, and correct us and align us with his truth and what he has for us? Not about our thoughts and our ways and what we think of the world, but no, the Word of God is useful for teaching us, but correcting and aligning us and training us in righteousness so that we might be equipped to make a difference. The word of God can equip us to make a difference. And so we want to get stuck into the word this morning. And I want to just want to say if it's if if the Lord is speaking to you, if the Lord is perhaps correcting you or, or wanting to just do something in your life, respond to it this morning, there's an opportunity for you to do that. Don't, don't walk away missing an opportunity for God's word to do his work in your heart. So as I said, uh, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 5, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And as I was reading through uh, the book of Acts in preparation for this Acts series, I'll be honest with you, there was a time where I thought, well, we don't have to preach every single chapter. Maybe this is one of the ones we can skip over because upon first reading, it's one of those challenging chapters where we ask questions and we think, what is going on and how is God allowing these things to happen? But what I love is the fact that Luke actually includes it. He doesn't try and gloss over or pretend to make um, everything look absolutely perfect and wonderful. He also includes the struggles. He also includes the the challenges. He also includes the arguments in order to encourage us in the way that we live our lives too. So the context, uh, if you've got your Bibles and Uh, If tribe are here and you haven't grabbed your uh, journaling Bibles, can I encourage you to do that? Because this is an opportunity for you to scribble in your Bibles, circle some words and and think about what's what's happening in the Word of God. So we're looking at uh, Acts chapter 5. But before we get stuck into that, we actually need to go to the end of Acts chapter 4. Because this gives us the context of what is actually happening. Acts chapter End of Acts chapter 4 is very similar to end of Acts chapter 2, where Luke describes the picture of the church. There is unity. There is a commonality. They are sharing their possessions. Uh, they're enjoying favour. There's, there's unity. It's, it's all going well. Uh, they're all enjoying that. All the believers, they're sharing possessions and great power continued. Uh, amongst them, and there was no needy persons, um, and there were from time to time, now it says from time to time, there were those who owned lands and houses and sold them and brought the money from the sales at the apostles' feet. And then Luke describes one particular man, Joseph or Josephus or nicknamed Barnabas. We we're going to learn about him a bit later on. He was the son of encouragement. Wouldn't that be a great nickname to have? Wouldn't you like to be known as a son of encouragement? He was an encourager and he had land and property and he sold it and he laid all of the proceeds at the apostles' feet. Now, there was no requirement to do this. This was not something that was set in stone as law. There was no sort of agreement that they'd written up to say, okay, now that if you're part of the church, you've got to do this in order to be a part of the community. There was a spontaneous, joyful giving that, that came from being part of and including in the community, being saved, and there was just this overflowing graciousness that they wanted to serve the community around them, and so they sold possessions and they they, they, they shared. And uh, and as, as I said before, some people said, oh, they're practising communism. Uh, this was not communism, it was communism, communism. Because they had everything in common, communism forces and 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 says by law you shall share amongst it. This was no forcing. This was just a gratitude. This was just a swelling up and, and a sharing. So that gives us our context for our reading this morning from Acts chapter five. Uh, last week, uh, Mike shared on uh, six and seven the story of Stephen. So good news, people. Next week we're going to, well, after the all-in service, we're going to be leaving Jerusalem. <laughs> Jerusalem, and now we're going to head into Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. So next, next time we, we get into Acts, finally we're out of Jerusalem. So this is the last time we're, we're in here. Um, <clears throat> so as we look at this and as I, as I said in the opening, what is surprise, what surprises you or what challenges you in your, in your thinking? And particularly, what is Jesus saying to you? As as you engage with this word this morning, what is Jesus saying to you about the inner workings of your heart? Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also, this so similar to Barnabas, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but bought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. So very similar to what we saw in Barnabas. He's done exactly, almost exactly the same thing. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard and what had happened. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Whoa. Who'd like to go to that church? Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. And then... I think you're on the thing. I can't click it forward. (laughs) About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter asked, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that's the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down. At his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her alongside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. One of those interesting passages of Scripture, and I want to just look at that this morning. Remember the context. The context here was the church is giving not out of requirement but out of love. And so <clears throat> I think probably the first thing to probably glean from this, uh, what the word's saying is really you guys should all sell your property and, and uh, lay it at... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's not what I say. Really the, what's at stake here is not the actions of Ananias and Sapphira in terms of what they did, but it was what was within their heart. It was an attitude of the heart. It was the, the motivation with which they did it. I love the way that Luke starts this chapter. He, he, he says that this amazing experience of the early church now. There was this man, or some of you might have, but. So there's this, there's this contrast between those early disciples who were fully in and fully experiencing the joy of the church, but, or now, there was this man together with his wife and with his wife's full knowledge. So this was something that they conspired. It wasn't something spare of the moment. It wasn't that they had sort of, hey, let's, let's sell the money and, and give it to the church and, and see the gospel. And then at the last minute, oh, no, I can't do it. Now nah, they, they thought about it. It's like, uh, let's, let's deceive and let's not be honest. Let's not be integral uh, with what we're about. And f- from the outset, it looks like, well, they've done a good thing. They have sold land and they have given it to the church. That is a good thing. Why such a severe consequence? The problem is not the amount given. The problem is not the action The problem is the motive of the heart. See, I would imagine that they had seen the popularity of Barnabas. They had seen the praise. They had seen, wow, the church saw Barnabas do this amazing thing and he is popular. He is, there's this sort of, oh, around, around this man Barnabas. And they're like, hey, I want a bit of that. I want a bit of the glory. I want a bit of the praise. I want to be seen to be someone who is important and someone who is doing a good thing. How do we get the praise? How do we fill up our flesh? How do we get what we want to look good? And I mean, let's be honest, we all do that, don't we? Who, who doesn't like a bit of praise? Who doesn't like being, <laughs> being seen as being someone who, who looks good and is doing, doing well? But do we do that because we want our own egos built up our self sort of uh, popularity and promotion or are we doing what we do in serving because we love Jesus and because we want to see the gospel spread do we come do we serve do we share do we are we on rosters are we part of all that we're doing because we like to look good or we're, we're trying to keep up a certain appearance. We're trying to do what's, what's right in our friend's eyes and we'd look good. Or are we doing it because we love God? Are we doing it because we love giving and that spontaneous, Lord, you've saved me. You've shown me your mercy. You've loved me. I just want to give back. I just want to show that appreciation and, and serve some more. So they planned this thing. So we need to check our hearts. It was about hypocrisy. It was about integrity. And I think that's something that we as a church worldwide continue to struggle with today, about hypocrisy and integrity, particularly of leaders And I think one of the reasons it was so severe is that God knows that deception and lying and self-promotion destroys the church. It kills the church. And we see that in our modern world, don't we? Uh, When a leader fails in his integrity or her integrity and the world looks upon the church And goes, well, if the church is that, I don't want to be part of it. Which why I think is why there was such a severe uh, outcome here. That the Lord's wanting the church to be pure from the outset. For those who are looking on to see the goodness of the church and to see the transformation of what the Spirit does and not to allow that influence of self to permeate and influence and And pollute the church. Hypocrisy is where we get the English idea of acting. In acting, we play a role that isn't our own, we just pretend. Ananias and Sapphira were pretending, they were acting, they were playing a role that was not themselves. And again, we all do this in life, it's called wearing masks. We all wear masks, don't we? (laughs) Not that sort of mask. But we all like to pretend to be something that we're not. Again, because we're interested in what people think of us rather than what God thinks of us. Being authentic and integral is being open to say, hey, look, I've stuffed up, I'm, I'm a sinner And I want God to do a work in my life. I don't try and hide it. I don't try and pretend I'm not. I don't try and make myself out to be something just so in order to to please those around me. One of the things Joe and I absolutely loved about first coming to this church was we said, the people here are so authentic. Authentic. What we meant by that was there were times where people got up and shared testimonies and there was weeping and there was crying and there was honesty and openness about things that they'd gone through and the pain and the struggles. And and we're like, what is this place? (laughs) People are real. People aren't hiding behind a mask. People aren't pretending to be Christian and religious and got it all together. But they're Integral with what they're going through and they're, they're honest. So I just want to drill down three particular things. What, what's going on here? First of all, when Sapphira comes in, Peter gives Sapphira a chance of repentance there is, a, there is an opportunity to come clean and she doesn't take it. But I want to say the Lord is gracious and he takes our imperfectness and he gives us opportunity to come clean. And perhaps this morning is an opportunity for you to come clean as you look upon the motives of your heart, as you look upon the way you live out your faith Are there areas that you're pretending or acting in or wearing a mask in that you're not honest in? Perhaps this morning is that God-given gracious opportunity to be honest with him and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I've struggled in this area. Lord, would you help me and heal me and make me whole? One of the things in the Old Testament was that if you... Uh, swore, if, if you took an oath in the name of the Lord, you were held to that. And if you didn't um, hold to that in the name of the Lord oath, the penalty was death. And so what we actually have here is Peter uh, rightly so says, you're not lying to humans, but you're actually lying to God. You're actually um, saying that you're something in in the house of God, in his, his presence, uh, in, in his name. We've seen the disciples healing in Jesus' name. The, the uh, authorities um, come to him and say, by what authority are you doing this in Jesus' name? So they're acting out in Jesus' name. And then in the middle of this, we have this, this story of, of, of these guys in Jesus' name, not living up to that oath and, and that law. And so we have a similarity there. And in fact, uh, if you look at the scriptures, um, at the start Peter says, "You've lied to the Holy Spirit," and at the end of his sentence he says, "You've lied to God." That there there is no differentiation between the Holy Spirit and God. The Holy Spirit is God. And I wonder if the the early church were just just working working that out and. It's like, whoa, well, the Holy Spirit has come and empowered us and God is all-knowing and all-powerful and nothing can be hidden from God, but maybe the Holy Spirit I can hide from and, and he does amazing things. But Peter corrects him and says, no, the Holy Spirit is God. You can't lie to the Holy Spirit or lie to God. And the second thing is I really feel like there were – There was this severity of consequence here because this is the early church. This is the outset. This is Jesus' hands and feet in the world. And there was the potential for this self-promoting kind of self-pleasing, fleshly attitude to permeate like yeast in bread and spread through the church and for it to be ineffective. And so the consequence might seem kind of out there and and crazy, but remember this is the outset of the church. This is the church first forming, and this is where people around in Jerusalem are looking at the church and saying, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow him? What does it mean to be a part of, of that community? And if being part of that community was, well, miraculous things can happen, but also your behaviour doesn't need to match, then that's going to be a problem for that to be effective in spreading out and and making a difference. And so because it's the early outset, God's wanting to to make a point that the church is to be pure and holy and set apart and to be making a difference because others look in. We are now the hands and feet. And that, that applies to you and I as we are his uh, hands and feet as we represent christ in our workplaces in our our families uh, we want to be integral and honest with what that with what that means there was another time in scripture where a very similar thing happened and as I was reading this i was like this is just like what happened in joshua 's time um, we we did a series just when COVID started on on Joshua, a similar series that we're doing now, where we went through the the book of Joshua. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a man called Achan. The the Israelites had just taken Jericho. There, there was this victory. Uh, they they're entering into the promised land. God was setting up this new community. This this sense of what it meant to be um, His people, and these people were to be a light to the Gentiles. So. So they've won this victory and then they, they go up against this little town eye that is weak and, and small in number and they're defeated. And there's this question like, how has this happened? We've just done Jericho with walls and trumpets and things and now we, we get defeated. And the answer was, uh, you've lied to me. There is one within you. Who has stolen from me? They were to set apart the things and consecrate the things to the Lord. And Achan had, had stolen some of these silver and gold and hidden, hidden it under his tent. It's in Joshua seven, if you want to look it up. And so, again, the outset of this movement making a difference in the world right at the very beginning had the potential to fall apart because of hypocrisy had the chance to fall apart because people were looking to themselves rather than to God. And the consequence for Achan was the same consequence for Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. So the other thing is is where this story comes in, the story of Acts. Earlier on... Actually, I think it's three nineteen. Not four. Uh, might be. There's there's this thing that we talked about where the disciples were were brought before the Sanhedrin, and they're saying, "You cannot preach in Jesus' name. We are stopping you from doing this." And their response to the authorities were, "Is it right in God's eyes to listen to you or to Him?" Here is an example of the disciples not. Caring about self first, but caring about God first. Here is not self-promotion, but self-demotion. And similarly, as you finish this chapter, if you read after uh, this story in in Acts chapter 5, we have pretty much the same thing that happened in Acts chapter 3. Do you remember when Peter and John healed the crippled man and there's this all this commotion, and and the uh, Sadducees who have an issue with this. Uh, the Sadducees have an issue because they don't believe in the resurrection, and now all of a sudden these disciples are doing miraculous things and 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 healing people, and they're they're trying to stop it, and they can't put a stop to it, so they put them in jail, and then uh, they 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 come out of jail and they have this this reply, is it better to listen to you or to him? And then after that, to Sapphira and Ananias, the same thing happens again. They're in the courts, they're preaching, so they throw them in prison. This time they're miraculously let out uh, and and people come to the, the authorities and say, hey, the people that you put in prison, they're out in the streets preaching again, Jesus' name. And they're like, how did that happen? We can't stop this thing. And it's true, you can't stop the gospel. It's going to spread. It's going to do its thing. And, and, so, and there we have, again, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. So God, human beings. And then smack bang in the middle of both of these accounts that are incredibly similar, we have this story and it's almost as if Luke's saying sandwiching it saying here's an example of putting God first and putting self last and here's another example of putting God first and self last and and look at the joy and look at the response and look at the outcome of what happened when that hap- when when people do that and smack bang in the middle in comparison to those two stories Look at what happens when you put self first and God last. Striking difference. A striking difference. And what I love is that there's this this story in the middle of it, and the the Sadducees, what do we do with these disciples? How do we stop this movement? We put them in jail and they're miraculously let out. We tell them not to and they keep doing it regardless. And there's a wise Pharisee, and I love his words, therefore in the present case I advise you leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, if they're promoting self, if they're wanting the glory if they're wanting to start a movement based on their own gifts and their own talent and their own well-being, then it will fail. It's the same with us. If, if we're wanting to do things and promote and it's about me and it's about my gifts, it's about what I can do, it'll fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You'll only find yourselves fighting against God. Why? Because the gospel is going to do its work, whether we like it or not. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is a promise. That is the end. We know the end of the story. Why try to be a barrier against that and, and go against it by promoting ourselves first? We'll only be fighting against God. I said last week, you know what, we can arrest the followers of Jesus but you can't arrest the gospel. We can try and and stop things and maybe sometimes in our judging or in our own circles of religiosity we can look upon what other people are doing and think maybe that's not of God or we need to put a stop to that. But what if God's in that? I don't want to be a hindrance to that. I don't want to allow the gospel to spread. So, I just want to ask two particular personal questions of you this morning, as we as we look at, at at all that we've uncovered here and what what the Word of God is saying. First of all, what needs addressing in you before it takes root and infects your whole being? It's the pruning principle, and we see this throughout scripture that we need to cut off and, and prune uh, that which is dead in order to see it, it it bloom and to bear fruit because this was the outset of the early church and it had the potential to ruin it which is why before that had the opportunity it was subtracted it was taken out in in acts we saw God adding to their number. He saw them multiplying. But here we see God subtracting. What needs to be subtracted in your life, and here's the clincher, before it takes root, before it starts to permeate and influence and take over your whole being. In Ephesians 4 it says, don't give the devil a foothold. I think one of the, the devil's... Plans is to destroy the church from within through the motivations of the heart. As you reflect on your walk with Christ and your trusting in Him, what needs addressing in you before it takes root and infects your whole being? And secondly, in what ways do you need to die to self so that the gospel can spread through you? Here we see great examples of the disciples dying to self, being willing to give up even their life for the kingdom. And through that, the gospel spreads and it does its work and people are added to their number And people are saved. And here was a story of someone who wasn't dying to self but promoting self. And there was a dead end, literally. Are we in a dead end in our walk with Christ because we're unable to give up our self and our worth to him? I love the comparison here of Ananias and Sapphira and Stephen that we have in the next chapters. Again, another comparison. Here is a dead end. There was no fruit. There was no uh, praise. There was no going forth. There was no adding to it. There was was no result in, in their actions. But here's Stephen in comparison to that who gave his life up, and because of Stephen, the gospel was able to spread beyond Jerusalem. Do you know that? It says at the end uh, when uh, Paul was looking on or Saul at that stage that because of the persecution, the disciples were then s- spread out. They, they ran out of, out of Jerusalem, and God used that scenario for the gospel and the disciples to now be in Judea and Samaria, as Jesus said, and for the gospel to to spread there. Because of one man's willingness to die to self, the gospel spread. How true in our lives as we die to self to allow the gospel to spread. Jesus said in his own words, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what benefit will you gain if you gain the whole world, but you yourself is destroyed? It's the situation of what we just saw, trying to gain for themselves, trying to store up for themselves, trying to gain popularity or be something that they're not, and they ended up being lost and destroyed But those who give up their life, dying to self, it's not about me. The disciples constantly through Acts are saying, it's not me, it's Jesus. It's not my power, it's the power of Jesus. Don't look at me. Don't build your churches with my name on it. (laughs) Don't give me the glory. Give Jesus the glory. That's dying to self and allowing him to do a wonderful work came up, saw this great quote by J.B. Phillips. Anyone who opens their personality, this is what I want us to do this morning, if we're honest, to the living spirit, takes the risk, takes the risk of being considerably shaken. Can I invite the music team up? I also have a, an opportunity to respond this morning. I just want to read to you from Romans 12. This came up this morning uh, as my Bible verse on the, my Bible app, and I was going <laughs> to read this to you this morning, and I was like, well, there you go, Lord. You're obviously at work. And as we sing, I want to give us an opportunity to be honest, say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I've been struggling in this area of my life. Would you come and have your way? Whether it be resentment or greed, perhaps there's this desire to store up for yourself, a a, a hardness of heart, a motivation that You want to be about you and not about Christ. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This morning, would you do that as a spiritual act of worship? Would you offer your bodies as living sacrifices and not conforming any longer to what the flesh says? what others say, what the world wants you to be, but you'd be transformed this morning by the renewing of your minds as you allow the word of God to do its work in you, for your heart to burn within you, just as those disciples on the road to a mass, as the scriptures have been opened to you, as the scripture does its work, that you won't be conformed to the pattern of the world. You'll be re- transformed by the renewing of the mind where are we going to stand now and can I get perhaps Carol and June do you mind as well and Willie are you up to it can you come down the front can I get you guys to to come here can I get you guys to stand here and as we sing if you've got something on your heart that you'd love to be prayed for You'd love for God to do his work in your life. Would you come and seek one of these people out? Or perhaps you've got just a one-on-one with God. Perhaps it's not a public thing, but you know deep in your heart right now that there is an area of your life that you want to be honest and real with God with. You can do that in your seat, but what an amazing thing to come and just perhaps kneel, stand as we ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. So, Lord, would you come? Holy Spirit, we invite you here just to move amongst us. Lord, it's hard to be honest and real but we know that there is great benefit in doing so. Help those this morning to take this opportunity to meet with you, to be ministered by you, for self to die and for Christ to be promoted in all of their life or in a certain area of their life, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. We're going to sing this song invite you to just be in a time of meditation, thinking about the word that's been spoken this morning. And if you'd be bold enough, come forward. And even if it's just to have someone place their hand on your shoulder and love you with where you're at right here, right now, let's do that.
2: Thanks, thanks Sam for sharing a challenging uh, scripture there but uh, you did so with um, with wisdom and sensitivity um, it's uh, quite amazing I uh, think as we, we think about what we've learned this morning that um, and I think there's something in it for all of us unless we've actually reached perfection um, there's obviously the opportunity to stand with people at the front or also with someone in the prayer room afterwards as well. Um, but the, yeah, the the Lord, um, our motives and our actions are not hidden from Him in, in any way, and that that can be sort of challenging, but also comforting. Uh, I think it's important that He doesn't actually want to condemn us; He actually wants us to draw. Uh, into a closer relationship with him to be real to show integrity because that's the way that he actually works in us and can actually work effectively through us and build the church and that that's that's a a great point of encouragement i think as well so yeah just pray that you hang on to the what the lord has said to you today Uh, take it through to the week process it uh, deal with it um yeah also uh, just a reminder for next week it's going to be a great time together if you've got a word of testimony you'd like to share touch base with sam um, afterwards as well and if you'd like to hang around for a while for a chat and a tea or a coffee please feel free to do so as well and just yeah just my prayers that god will bless and encourage you in the week forward And look forward to seeing you next week as well thank you